0: From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham.
1: Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School and we are on serious it's AM Channel 11. Hey, if it's Thursday at noon Eastern time, we are live taking your phone calls right now at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. We're here with the dream team, Michelle Indian and I'm your host Dr. Don Graham, the Career Director for the Wharton MBA for Executives program right here in sunny Philadelphia. I am also a licensed psychologist and former recruiter. And today, We are talking about how to get in the driver's seat of your career and make 2017 the best year yet. So if you've been thinking about a career change or you just know you hate where you are but have no idea what you want to do or maybe you know what you want to do but you have no idea how to get there because it's such a drastic change or maybe you just don't even know where to start you are on the right channel listening to Career Talk today, and we're taking our calls throughout the hour at 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. You can also tweet at Dr. Don Graham, and we would love to hear from you. If it's noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are live. So today we're very excited to welcome back expert guest Carrie Spaulding on Career Talk Do you have 30 something panic? Well, then you want to call Carrie, the 30 something coach. Carrie's an expert coach and facilitator, and she helps people create the relationships, careers, and lives that they want. Carrie's accredited by the International Coaching Federation, and we're so excited to have her back today in studio. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you. It's so great to be back. So, we're excited to have you, and I think we need to start out by explaining. What do you mean by 30-something coach? Am yes. I like out of your range?
2: No, no. no. <laughs> so I like to say anybody, if you, if it resonates with you, come on over. But really, I work with people who are dealing with what I call 30-something panic, that feeling of, oh my goodness, I maybe I thought I was going to have certain things figured out by now, or maybe I thought I had everything figured out, and it turns out this is actually not what I want to be doing. And so when you want to be really intentional and start making decisions about your career, your relationships, your life instead of just remaining on autopilot or remaining in avoidance of I'll figure it out next year, next year, next year, that's when that's when we work together.
1: Yeah, so that that I'm I'm as you're lis- um, I'm listening to you, I'm like check, 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 check. So yeah, figuring out all of those things. I mean, cuz that could come on any time.
2: Really, yeah, and I think I always like to say I think that the big things in life tend to be the same whether you're 30 something or 60 something or 80 something. We, you know, our career, whether we call it a career or a purpose or contribution, our relationships, these things are always going to be core things in our lives, but they tend to take on a different flavor at different stages of life. Yeah, and lots of people feel like okay, like in my 20s, I felt like it was kind of okay and natural for me to be just kind of hop from thing to thing or just landing somewhere and seeing what I can learn but by the time you get to your 30s and beyond you have a gold mine of information from all the experiments that you've launched so far and so it's actually a really exciting time to take all that you know about yourself now and turn it into a more intentional
1: path. Mm-hmm. I've, somebody told me once that like every seven years you kind of go through like a life crisis so like you know I'm thinking back on my life, so 21, 28, like, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, I really... I really think that's true. Like, there's a seven-year period where you just kind of wake up and say, "What am I doing?" and "Who are the people in my life?" and you know, "How's my job going?" and "Where do I want to go from here?" And I, it obviously, it can be any time, but you know, I don't know. That seven-year time frame seems to have been um, appropriate for me. But I think that sometimes we're moving so fast, Carrie, with like, social media and TV shows and Netflix, and you know, there's so much going on around us. I mean, do you find that people aren't even? Stopping to think about these things? Yeah, well, it's really easy to keep on...
2: There's so much to take your attention, right? There's It's it's never really going to come a time where it feels like the the easy time to pull on the brakes and say, wait a minute, let me actually look at this and ask the scary questions, right? Because as I hear you talk about it, you see the possibility and you're thinking, ooh, what could I do? And all of that is there. But many people, when they're actually going through this kind of a transition, it's terrifying. It's anything. It doesn't feel exciting. It's anything but, ooh, exciting opportunity. It more feels like, oh, no, I have to do (laughs) So I think it actually takes a lot of courage to force yourself to pull on the brakes and and listen to yourself, because I think oftentimes in life, our choice is really: do I want to acknowledge what I'm hearing from myself and say, "Yes, I I get it. I'm getting the memo that I need to do something about this," or do I want to bury my head in the sand and, for you know, pretend that I didn't get that memo from myself?
1: Yeah, but the heart is a nag, isn't it, Carrie? So it, if if it is nagging at you, you can distract yourself for so long, but
2: eventually, it's going to drive you crazy. Yeah. And you know, sometimes people think about, well, it feels so risky to make a change. And that's where it becomes really helpful to ask yourself, well, what's actually the greater risk in the long run? Is it a bigger risk to launch into this new possibility, knowing that you don't know what the outcome is going to be, but, but being really intentional about how you're creating that for yourself? Or is it riskier to continue to ignore this really important information from yourself? And as you said, let your heart keep nagging at you. But You know, that that does start to really weigh on you and eat at you after a while. You use
1: the right word, courage. Um, And I do think it takes courage to take that risk. But one of the things we know from research and, you know, probably from our own experiences is that regret cuts deeper (laughs) than failure. So, I mean, if you don't take that risk, and for those of you who are listening and you're thinking, like, yeah, this is resonating with me, I kind of feel my heart tugging at me to do something different, whether it's with your relationship or your career or your geography or to travel more, whatever those, those things are, think about 10 years from now. Will you wish that you had started now? Will you wish that you would have taken that first step on whatever it is, as scary as it might be? And the other thing I think people can, can really think about, Carrie, is um, you know, think about those things that were scary to you 10 years ago that you did. I mean, I don't know if if anything comes to mind for you. I'll talk about this radio show. The first time I came on this radio show, I mean, terrified, terrified. I mean, I've never done this before. So, I mean, and then you you start to realize that, wow, this has an impact and I can get better and I can get coached and I I can make a difference. And, And you start to see the positives. And then when the next scary thing comes up. I think if you can pull on that and say, look, I've done this before and I've overcome it. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I think I love to suggest that people who are going through a change make something that I call an evidence box, right? So create a box for yourself where you keep almost like artifacts, like if you were curating an exhibit for a museum, collect things that either are, you know, there's two kinds of evidence. One is evidence like you're suggesting. Stuff you got through, right? I have one client actually just last week who is making a map of her cycle through change, right? Because she recognized every time I go through a change, I freak out and act as if I'm not going to be okay. But then when I look back, I've been here before. Mm -hmm. And I've been at this stage of the cycle. And so we talked about, okay, well, what comes next? Well, you know, I pull myself up and I take one little step. All right, what comes next? And she eventually gets to the point of competence and confidence. And then of course, as she grows and changes, she comes back to this spot where she is sort of in that panic zone. So, yeah, if you create an evidence box, one thing you can do is actually curate examples of hard, scary things that you've done and have, you know, it, it's great if you can get something physical because that that can act almost like a portal object. So if it's a photograph or like a, um, I kept my name badge for like the first I went to a coaching conference before I was even starting coach training and I still have my name badge That's from that awesome. because I remember how new I felt. And then the other piece of, of evidence, the other kind of evidence you can have in your evidence box is anytime you got um Some feedback that was meaningful to you, or showed you like what you're made of. You know, the whether it might be like a card from an appreciative client, or um, uh, some sort of an artifact from a a presentation that you just like killed it. You Mm -hmm. just really nailed it. So that you're being more conscious of the successes that you've had when you've taken those big scary leaps.
1: Hey, if today is your day and you have the courage to make a change in your career or you're thinking about it but just don't know where to start and want some ideas on how to explore different avenues or how to make that switch, you are on the right channel. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM, channel 111, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and if it's Thursday, noon Eastern time, we're live taking your calls all hour, 844-WHARTON. That's 844 844- Nine four two seven eight six six. We are here with Carrie Spalding, the thirty-something coach, and we are talking all about how to make your life rock. How That's to make your much life it. rock. So, <laughs> so I in like this. Yeah, I like this idea of an evidence box. So I mean, clearly, you just—it's—it's it's a collection of all of the the things you've overcome, the great feedback you've gotten, the accomplishments you have. I mean yeah and, and it's like it's proof right because our, we are so good humans
2: are so good at assembling evidence for how much mm-hmm. we suck right so we're really good at <laughs> at coming up with evidence we for really why are. we're going to fail why we're not good enough why we're not smart enough why we're too something I'm mm-hmm. too intense I'm too this I'm too wishy-washy so it's really actually a muscle to start to get better at recognizing positive evidence. This is part of why gratitude practices are so powerful, because you're actually retraining your brain to look for affirmative or positive or things that you can appreciate. And the same is true for yourself. If you're going through a career transition, you are going to be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to be scared. I promise you. It's just a guarantee. If you're going to grow, you're going to have some scary, uncomfortable moments. Um, And you can't wait till you're comfortable. But what you can do is actually create like a toolkit almost that you can take with yourself to consciously power up when you're starting to slip into that
1: negative evidence-seeking. So, okay, so we've talked about a couple of concrete things. So an evidence box, something, a collection of those those things that really... um, have shown and proven that you can get through these changes. I like the idea of the map. You say this process that we go through continuously when we make a change. So what are the kind of the steps of that map? Yeah, well, I love
2: to uh, encourage people to like map your own process rather than like, you know, I can talk about some of the stages that tend to be typical, but it's a lot more powerful, actually. If you look at your own experiences and you think about what do I do? Like, what are my what are my tendencies? What are my thoughts? So, um, Oftentimes, it's easiest to start from where you are, right? Like, it, whatever, wherever the fear is, what are you, what stage are you in right now? And okay, now you're like in the panic zone or give it a name that mm-hmm. resonates with you, right? Oftentimes, it'll come out of something that you just noticed yourself saying, I can't do
1: this or turn back, turn back now. Yeah, right? I find the imposter syndrome kicks in. So that idea, like, like, first, I'm really excited. Like, wow, I can't believe I got this or, you know, they hired me for this or, you know, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God they have no idea. They have no idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. They did. And it's, it's kind of <laughs> impressive to me how quickly our brain can go yeah.
2: from like, isn't it? I've been working towards this opportunity forever and this is the best and oh my gosh, I can't believe I got it. And then like, boom. I yeah. You know, some version out. of like, they're going to find out that I'm not good or maybe this job isn't really that good and that's why I got it. Or maybe nobody else applied. <laughs> you know, or maybe they've already offered it to 27 other people. I mean, it's just, it, we're incredibly creative and we need to get that creativity working for our benefit instead of to mm-hmm. our detriment. Yeah, so as you're thinking about your process, one, one, um, one tool I like to use, which is kind of related to this, is the sort of like, okay, what next? So what? Right? So, all right. So how do you, you know, what if, what if the worst thing happened? You know, how would you handle it? And then what would you do? And then what would you do? When we talk about mop- mapping the process, that can show up like, all right, so think about the last time you were in the panic zone. Think about a time that you were in this place of I don't know what to do. What did you, how did you handle that?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What did you do next? Okay, and what did you do next? And what did you do next? And and you'll start to notice the stages emerge, right? Um, and and sometimes you can kind of go backwards as well. All right, so right now you're in the panic zone. How are you feeling about this when you first found out about it, or last week, or when, you know, remember when we were first talking about the idea of a career change? You had such energy and excitement. What like what kinds of thoughts were coming up for you then?
1: I think one of the big things I want to pull out from what you're saying, Carrie, is this idea of reflection, because I think with as much stimulation as we have in the world today, I mean, billions of things constantly stimulating us is that we don't stop and have time for reflection. So whether it's an evidence box, a gratitude journal, you know, p- mapping out kind of remember that time you got through this? What did you use then? How can you engage in it now? It's like, we're not stopping to do that anymore. So I think we, we kind of tend to stay in panic mode.
2: Yeah. And, and it's, it's so powerful. And it, is amazing how powerful just short little... Periods of it can be right if you literally take out a time minute a timer and set it for ten minutes and say okay I'm just going to take ten minutes to reflect on my successes like what mm-hmm. have I accomplished this year and a lot of people listening I I promise you Don are going to say oh that sounds like a good idea and then they're not going to do it mm-hmm. because somehow we we have I all just these, said that yeah <laughs> that's <a> good idea <laughs> I'm going to go do that and then we <laughs> won't right because we have all our brain is just super good at coming up with reasons why we can't do something now or we don't have time um, but the payoff for taking these sort of sacred 10 minutes to reflect on successes or do a brain dump of everything that is scaring you right now about your career change or make a list of people you know who could be great contacts for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are endless things you can do in 10 minutes and the payoff is much greater than it feels like it could be. The effort is much lower than what it feels like it would need to be. Uh, literally setting a timer is one of the best accountability Tips I can give you because that that once you press start on that timer, it's going, and suddenly you're almost in a like a little competitive mode with yourself. Like, ooh, I got to beat the clock. I need to see how much I can do.
1: Mm-hmm. And then when it goes off, good. You know, take that is the challenge for our listeners today. Ten minutes. That's it. Ten minutes. Sometime today, to focus on maybe your evidence box maybe those things that that you've accomplished maybe it's your gratitude journal maybe it's um you know a list of all the things you want to do 10 minutes and i know it's gonna happen because i'm like this carrie is like 10 minutes and i said it and i'm like wow is the time almost up and i look over and it's 42 seconds i'm like well (laughs) shoot it felt like a lot longer because we're not used to doing it so hey we're gonna go to diana in california hi diana welcome to career talk
0: what's on your mind today hi good morning um, so I guess like right now I'm at an agency I was just hired on about a month ago and I am at an agency where their business practices just don't feel very I guess like ethical um, and some of the things that they do just really are also kind of illegal Wow um, yeah and so you know I'm having like a real internal struggle with that and really wanting to leave. And so uh, since I've only been there a short time, I also have been interviewing in that time, um, and nothing has yet materialized. I haven't gotten a solid offer, um, but I have a third interview this coming Monday. I'm just not certain whether or not I should just jump ship because it just being there, it makes me very unhappy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also need to... Well, I also feel like I should, and I hate that word "should," but I feel like I should make um, like rational decisions and not and be financially secure and not just right go yeah. on the whim, you know. Yeah. So, so,
1: Diana, a couple of things about that. So, first off, um, I'm very sorry you're in that situation. We don't need to get into what the unethical or illegal things are because the the key takeaway is it's making you uncomfortable and. You know, I get looking at the rational and practical side, but in addition to finances, which is very rational and very practical, there is a side of it, too, that's very rational and practical, is that you're in a situation, um, hopefully it's not unsafe, um, but it certainly is uncomfortable and is going to take its toll.
0: Now, you've been there, you said, a month? Yeah, just about, I I was hired on um, like uh, mid-March. Okay, just over a month, month and a half or so.
1: So you're the only one who kind of knows what your financial situation is. So I, I, I mean, I recognize it's very practical. But if you're talking about a company that is doing things that are illegal, um, I mean, now, now you're you're kind of getting into an area where, um, I, I mean, I could just tell by your voice that you are, um, I mean, it's it's bothering you. It's obviously stressing you out, and you're going to get to a point where uh, that's going to impact your interviews. That's going to impact how you come across in different situations. Um, And it's certainly going to impact your confidence as well. So, yeah, general advice is usually, you know, don't quit your job until you get another one. But certainly there are exceptions to that rule, which, you know, involve if, if, you know, there's harassment situations or it's unsafe or if there are things that are illegal going on, which in your case sounds to be. um, And since you've only been there a month, it's probably better to leave now Than to wait. And there could be that potential of once you're free from this, your confidence will go up, your direction and focus will get clearer, and you'll be able to get where you want to be. But I mean, like I said, financial situation is a reality. That being said, you know, I would almost rather you do some gig work or temporary work or, you know, get a part time job somewhere where you can fill that gap and actually get away from that toxic situation than to be in a situation where you're you're constantly nervous and worrying because that's only going to make you sick and it's going to, um, you know, impact your relationships and impact other areas of your life. So tell me about your interview on Monday.
0: All right. <laughs> well, you mean um, tell talk- tell you about like what's coming up
1: yeah so you let's let's look at the future let's look at the positive what's tell us tell me about monday
0: so it's for a position that i'm definitely you know qualified for that um you know walking in like for the first interview you know they were actually recruiting me for a higher level position and then i didn't have a certification so they realized like i had to kind of step down for different ones so this agency is really worth like willing to work with me um they seem like They, you know, are aligned with the same kind of morals and values and ethics that I have. Um, And the even better thing is that I know I ran into somebody who I used to work with in the past, and she's there, and she just said nothing but good things to say. So that made me even more excited about being at this
1: this agency. Okay, I'm going to cut you off for a second, Diana, because I'm just going to reflect back to you. Your energy is so different talking about this company than it is talking about where you are now. Um, so what I want you to do is is get excited for Monday, but don't don't put all this pressure on yourself like, oh, if I don't get this job, I have to stay in my current role or, you know, this is it. This is like, you know, don't put all that pressure. But I want you to convey that excitement on Monday about how, you know, you're, you're very excited talking to your, your, network about the culture here. And, you know, this is here's the skills that I think are a good match. And here's why I think we're a good fit. And I want you to bring that excitement with you on Monday. Um, and you said you feel you feel like they're very interested in you. And you, you said you don't have a certification. Forget all that. Tell me what you do have that is going to be a positive value for that company.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do have like a wide array of um... You know, experience that really is targeted to what they need, Um, and you know, I know that I could you know perform very well in that position. Um, It's really funny what you said about being you know what you said earlier about um, confidence and and you know even energy because there was there was another interview that I went to for a different agency. And I completely came off as almost neurotic and nervous and anxious. <laughs> and I walked away and I was like, who am I? Who yep. was that? And yep. it was like that I was so desperate for that job because mm-hmm. I wanted so badly to get out of my current situation that I came across as like, oh, my gosh, I had like an out-of-body experience. <laughs> like, what are you doing? like, who are you? Like, who are you right now? (laughs) Like, shut up. (laughs) Yeah, you're like,
1: what What is going on? I know. But that's the problem with being in a negative, toxic environment. It's like it's like slime and it gets on you and you carry it with you, which is why I mean, now even more so I'm convinced you need to get out of there. Um, You know, whether or not Monday works out, trust this, you are a you're positive, you have energy of great skills. um, And You deserve to be in a situation where your values and ethics um, and the culture is a good fit for you. This company on Monday sounds like it's one of those, but there are many, many more should this not be the one. So keep that positive energy. um, Let go of where you are now. This is not, you're not stuck. The second you believe you're stuck, that neurosis is going to come back. You are not stuck.
2: And in fact, that 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 neurotic uh, interview that you describe use like I love that you're bringing that up because now you have a beautiful model for yourself of sort of the quicksand that you can fall into. And you can actually draw a lot of strength from that Mm -hmm. and sort of look at that and say, okay, I have these like two mindsets that I can be coming from right now. And I've seen how that one plays out. And then I see how I feel when I talk about this company that's it sounds like a really good cultural fit. And this is a company where your values are actually going to be part of what's going to make you such a good fit. So draw strength from that and really be conscious of which type of energy you're bringing so that you can breathe in that that energy of, yeah, like I'm a great fit for this place. And you know what, if it's not this place, then this place is the one that is actually helping me
1: build up my muscles for the place that it is going to be. Mm-hmm, exactly. And um to to bring Carrie's uh, great advice into this, Diana, I'm going to say set aside 10 minutes today and, you know, get a journal, write down all the things you're grateful for, write down all of the accomplishments you're proud of, and then read that right before you walk in to that interview on Monday. Maybe with a little power pose, yeah, right? Yeah, a little power pose you <laughs> a little Amy Cuddy, um, because I'm telling you, you have it, this environment's dragging you down, don't let it, because it's in there. So do that 10 minutes. We are rooting for you, Diana. Thank you so Woo-hoo! much for calling us on Career Talk. Hey, if it's Thursday, we are live, taking your calls all hour at 844 Wharton. That is 844-942-7866. You can also tweet At Dr. Dawn Graham And we are going to go To our pre-break quiz Quiz There's a quiz Okay So Even though it's dangerous 25% of people Admit they have done this in their car To save time Think you know? Give us a call at 844 Wharton. That's 844 942 7866. I'm going to give you a hint because this could be a lot of things. Um, And by the way, they're doing this in their car while driving. So that's one. And two, it is not eating or drinking. So you can, you know, we all do that. And and I will also say it is not anything to do with your your cell phone, like texting. So it's it's beyond that. So even though it's dangerous, 25% of people admit they've done this in their car to save time while driving. Nothing to do with the cell phone and nothing to do with eating or drinking. If you think you know, give us a call at 844 Wharton, That's 844 942 You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Graham.
1: Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio, Series XM, Channel 111, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We are here with Carrie Spaulding, the 30-something coach, talking about how to get your life back in the driver's seat and really take control of your career. So if you've been thinking, this is the year, I want to make a change. If you've been thinking, gosh, I really hate what I'm doing, but I have no idea what else I would do, you are on the right channel. We are taking your calls all hour at 844 Wharton. That is 844-942-7866. But We are getting so many calls for our pre-break quiz. I think we just have to dive in because um, our phone lines are buzzing. So... Um, I, I, have to go to Dion first though, because I, I was going to go to the phone lines first, but Dion's answer was too good. Of course it's wrong, but, oh, of course um, <laughs> it is. but
3: see, your answer is actually worse than my answer. Your, your, your interpretation of my answer. Well,
1: okay, Cause you weren't, you weren't clear. I said, so even though it's dangerous, 25% of people admit they've done this in the car while driving to save time. Now I said, it has nothing to do with your cell phone and it has nothing to do with eating or drinking. Um, so of course I go on the break and D, am like, come on, DM, what's your answer?
3: And I say putting on makeup.
1: No, no, that wasn't your answer. Yes, it was. Well, your second answer. Shaving. Shaving. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was
3: it was putting on make it was putting on makeup slash shaving.
1: No, for that's men, two answers. No,
3: it's for men <laughs> it's and for women. Fair, not answer. fair, It's Not fair.
1: It's <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a woman, you're putting on makeup. If you're a man, you're shaving. Exactly. But you can't be a man putting on makeup or a woman shaving.
3: Right. <laughs> you, you thought it was a woman shaving
1: i did and then
3: that just got weird
1: <laughs> uh, well it got weird because she propped her leg up on the ta- and like mimicked well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> shaving and and we're so happy that this is radio and not live tv <laughs> for just that reason so we okay so the question on the table is even though it's dangerous 25 percent of people admit they've done this in the car while driving to save time so brandon in alabama what is your answer
3: I said use the bathroom.
1: Use the bathroom while driving in your car. Okay. Okay, you know I have to ask Brandon if this is from personal experience.
0: Yes, I've done it. I've done it uh, (laughs) while driving to save time. Are you driving right now? I am.
1: Okay, that's all I'm going to (laughs) ask. Well,
0: you don't have to use the bathroom 24 hours a day, you know. No? You
1: know so so this is like purely for men like this would be harder for women
0: it would be harder for women but it could happen
1: okay so i i really am this is against my better judgment to ask one more question but i'm going to like where <laughs> where
0: well into i just recently got out of the military and we used to do it in the aircraft in the in the helicopter all the time you in a, do a gatorade bottle
1: gatorade no. bottle Gatorade bottle. Yeah. Okay. You
0: <laughs> you
1: can only get these tips here on Career Talk. That is all I'm going to say. Brandon, that is not the right answer, but mm. I think you've taught us all um, a useful tip should we be stuck in a long journey or in a helicopter. Hey, well, but...
0: <laughs> And one last thing, they do make a device for women that would allow them to be able to do that. You know, well.
1: so... I saw that online. I did just last week. Coincidentally, And I, yeah, I have no words for that device. I did actually read the instructions, which I stopped when it got to the point of, you know, you might want to start within the bathtub because this can take a couple of times (laughs) to get this right. I'm like, done, done. (laughs) Can't, can't, like, not that I was going to buy it anyway, but I was just curious. And sometimes curiosity is not a good thing. Brandon, thank you for your service. That's what's most important. hey, if you're... (laughs) (laughs) i I thought this is a relatively safe question um (laughs) 25 percent of people doing this in the car while driving um mike in nebraska what is your answer
3: my answer was putting on makeup
1: so do you do that
3: i i do not wear makeup no
1: okay so like but maybe comb your hair something no shave oh yeah maybe like pick Pick food out of your teeth or something? Pick like food that, out of your maybe. teeth. Because, you, I mean, that actually takes some dexterity and like serious looking in the mirror. That, that could be dangerous.
0: Yeah, there
1: you go. No, but I mean, while driving, like while actually moving in the. No. All right. That that actually mm. was not the answer because, um, you know, because it was Dion's answer. And mostly that's the reason. But Th-
3: that's why it's wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate you giving us a call and career talk. And let's see. So we got a lot of people calling in about changing clothes, and that's interesting. So even though it's dangerous, 25% of people, they admit doing this in the car to save time. And I'm going to give a little bit of a hint here that I have done this on my way to an interview. I've done this on my way to an interview. So we are going to go to Furman in California. Furman, what is your answer?
3: Uh, Mine was changing clothes.
1: That is Correct. That is correct. Mm. Even though it's dangerous. Oh Dion buzzed you, even though you're sorry Furman. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, it's have you done that, Furman?
3: Um, no, but I uh, just I didn't think it was something as obvious as the makeup or something like that.
1: Let's admit, we've all done that too. Um so, you know, we've all done a lot of dangerous things in the car. But hey, on a serious note, I mean, if you're going 55 miles an hour, I was looking this up, if you take your eyes off for four seconds, just four seconds, it's like going the length of a football field, which is insanely scary to me. So my days of changing and doing makeup and picking food out of my teeth, and I will admit that... um I have never tried going in the bathroom in the car, but those days are over. Pay attention. See what's, see what's ahead of you because, hey, Carrie, they're not going to be able to have the best life, of you know, without... If they're not here. If they're not here. Ding, ding. So, hey, thank you, everybody <laughs> who's called in with an answer for that. That was a fun one. We're going to go to Steve in Washington. Welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today, Steve?
3: Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a, an interesting proposition that's popped up. Uh, in February I started a position with an Australian company uh, running their North American business unit uh, I'm they're currently the only employee in the US or Canada and uh, what's happened is they they weren't really set up to, to, to handle US operations so they don't have they didn't have payroll set up anything like that so for the past several months I've been getting a lump sum check at the end of the month they're estimating what the taxes and taxes will be, and they're holding that in escrow and just paying me what they think is the net amount. Uh, And we were going to rectify that uh, shortly. Uh, But I got a call from Human Resources two nights ago, and they asked me, they said they're having trouble setting up payroll in the U.S., and they asked me if I would be willing for the time being to change my employment status from employee to contract employee until they got this worked out. Uh, and I haven't seen what that looks like yet, but uh, they also mentioned that uh, they would appreciate it if I didn't talk to my direct boss about this. So the C- this was from the CEO. My direct boss is the VP of global commercialization. And I just thought it was kind of interesting and somewhat of a red flag that they're asking me to change employment status and keep- keeping that for the time being from my direct boss.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, pretty much everything you just mention sounds like red flags all over it, Steve. So um, here's the deal. I'm not an attorney. However, I would recommend, especially since this has been going on for quite some time and there's been some shady practices in terms of how you're getting paid and how you're getting classified, and now they're asking you to do things and, and keep it a secret, which is completely ridiculous to me. I think it's time that you found an employment lawyer and just said, you know, hey, I just want to make sure I'm on the up and up because... This sounds like a slippery slope. And before you know it, you're kind of going down a trail. And I hate to say this, but if somebody's going to get thrown under the bus, it's not going to be the company. It's going to be the person who agreed to it, which is you. And you're doing it in good faith because you're assuming the company is on the up and up and doing the right thing and crossing all the T's, dotting all the I's of the law. But Clearly when they're starting to ask you not to tell people, chances are they're not so I would not put my faith in them as doing the right thing and I would go to a, an employment lawyer or somebody who has that background to make sure you're protected because that's that's my biggest concern Steve is that you're protected and who knows maybe there's a win-win middle ground and you know they can they can get this all straightened out. But at the end of the day, when you pay your taxes or when, you know, something comes up that is illegal, you don't want to be mixed up in it. And I would not have faith in this company to protect you. So good luck with that. We really appreciate you giving us a call. Fingers crossed that this all works out great for you. And, um, if you're listening and you have a question, you can give us a call right here on Career Talk. We're here if it's Thursday, live, taking our calls at 844 Wharton. That's 844 942 7866. We are here with Carrie Spaulding, the 30. 30- something coach giving you a life that rocks right so we were talking about the 10 minutes just taking 10 minutes to reflect one of the things that I love to do Carrie is like do one thing differently I thought about this today like that's advice I used to give out when I was a therapist and like you want things in your life to change but you just don't know what it is the idea of just taking action any action it doesn't have to be the right action it doesn't have to be but I think that we get stuck in this like paralysis of like, I don't know what to do. So we do nothing. So I always tell people do one thing differently. One thing could be anything sit at a different place at the the dinner table, drive a different way to work, watch a different news channel. I mean, it could really be anything. But when you start to get out of your habits, it's crazy how life changes.
2: Yeah. I mean, and all those things that you mentioned, it sounds like, well, what would that have to do with changing my career or figuring Mm -hmm. things out? But it it really um, all of them also change the input that your brain is getting. Right. Mm -hmm. They're changing your environment and changing your environment, changing your input, you know, uh, walking into a bookstore and picking up a magazine from a section that you've never even looked at, these things will start to open up different windows in your mind and help you think about different things. But just to your point about action, I... I, I'm just such a big supporter of that because change happens with action. And oftentimes when people are stuck, they're stuck because they're telling themselves a story. I have to figure out how this entire change is going to look before I can implement it. And what we know is that change actually happens when you craft experiments, right, mm-hmm. and start to, to actually try things on. And then you get so much information from every experiment that you design for yourself, And, you know, it's a it's a win no matter what, because Mm -hmm. like we were talking about with the earlier caller, you know, she had an interview where she described herself as sort of being really neurotic and that, you know, you can look at that as an experiment and say, great, she learned a lot from that about where she doesn't want to go next Mm -hmm. time and how she doesn't want to be. So you really can't fail when you take action with the
1: right mindset. Mm -hmm. So we talked about fear and, you know, what are some of the other things that paralyze people when they know they're ready to make a change? Um, and you know, it's like, what is what is what are those things that tend to hold people back?
2: Well, so I think one thing is I don't know what I want, but it's not this, mm-hmm. right? And so it, it, I have a lot of clients who. Um, it's it's actually very sort of like psychologically painful because they're people who have a lot of ambition and drive and energy and they don't recognize themselves anymore because they don't have anywhere to put all that energy. They don't Mm -hmm. know what they're working towards. And so inside every day is like a pressure cooker, right? I have all of this creative energy and I don't have anything to do with it. I don't know what to do. And so that's where it can be really important to start to actually... Unpack Well, what do you know? Let's start with the very basics. Like it, you could even get out a piece of paper and write a list. Like, what do I know? You know, I know that I don't want to be a teacher anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's something, you know, um, and that we could unpack. But um, I know that I I have an interest in uh, public relations. Right. Like, you, you know, something. And when you can start to focus more on the little seeds of what you do know, then you can say, okay, what is one tiny step I could take to get more information about this? And then your inner sort of ambitious driving person has something to actually work toward. So I think that that's one thing that is really a, a really big sticking point for people mm-hmm. who are used to, and often this is the perfectionists, right? People who are yep. used to executing things really, really well. Well give me what give me something to execute, right? Tell me what I can execute. And it, it can be really hard to do that if you don't have a step. So really designing steps and then being accountable for taking steps without knowing, I think is a, a one thing that helps a lot of people get
1: moving. Hey if you're listening and you've got a strategy for getting unstuck, maybe something that worked for you or something that you recommend to others. Others, we would love to hear it on Career Talk. You'll be helping all of us with your advice coming um, on to share that information. We're taking your calls at eight four four warden That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six, or you can tweet at Doctor Don Graham. So yeah, so getting on. Like one of the things I think you talked about perfectionism, Carrie, and I think I think that comes from our ego. And you know when when we've built up a reputation in a field or doing something well, um, taking a risk feels Scary because we think, oh, I'm going to ruin my reputation if I don't do this well, um, you know. And I think that's where the perfectionism comes mm-hmm. into play because we're like, ah, oh, we're comparing ourselves, we're comparing our beginnings to other people's, you know, middles or ends, and that kind of keeps us stuck. So. Oh, good. Yeah, I think it's so that's one thing that can contribute to it. I think that um, it can show up from a lot of
2: different places. Another thing, you know, sometimes it can come in this place of, oh, I've been successful before and I have to maintain that success. Somebody else is is coming at perfectionism um, from a place of I've never been enough. I really don't I don't have confidence. And my job is to continually do whatever I can to stop people from finding out how you know, This sounds dramatic, but I think at the core, a lot of people feel it, how worthless I am or mm-hmm. how unlovable I am or how incompetent I am or how not actually very smart I am. And so perfectionism is like, let me design this beautiful outside that people will look at and think, oh, she's got it together. Well, on the inside, I'm not really feeling confident. Um, and and so that's a, there, another place that Mm -hmm. it can come from
1: yeah one thing that helps me when i when like because that that happens to me too is i remind myself no one has their stuff together <laughs> no one there's a lot of great things on Facebook and look at I just worked out and look at this meal I just cooked and look you know but no one has their stuff Facebook together Facebook is, is a selective personal PR right yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's everybody's version it's
2: everybody's perfectionist actually you know it's interesting it's like if you want to know what somebody's like perfectionist looks like look at what they're showing to the world on Facebook because mm-hmm. that's what they think will make them worthy
1: or lovable or you know like somebody you would want to connect with so so well said so well said and it's yeah but behind all of that like I'll be the first to admit you know I mean <laughs> mm-hmm. I have bad days I have I have things I worry about that are probably crazy um, but no one has their stuff together when you really start to realize that that their life is not their Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat and that you know they're dealing with with all of these same internal struggles and concerns, and am I good enough? am I going to get that promotion? Why didn't I get that? I mean, we mm-hmm. all deal with this. we all deal with it, and what some of us have and what anyone
2: has the ability to have is tools to work with that stuff, right mm-hmm. so what i where I think everybody, all humans have. Uh, those am I good enough I'm not good enough thoughts or those the sort of inner gremlin, the inner critic. And some people learn to work with that really effectively so that it doesn't stop them mm-hmm. from doing things. Right. So um, I don't really know what Barack Obama <laughs> is, is consciously doing with his inner critic. But you better believe with that much pressure that he's got some strategies in place to manage That Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And I just use him as an example because, you know, he was someone that anyone would look at and say, wow, he's confident. He's Mm -hmm. got it together. But that's a muscle that you can build. And it's a muscle that anyone listening to this program can Mm -hmm. build. To to actually not eradicate that inner nasty little voice, but talk to it differently, work with it differently.
1: Mm-hmm. So let's. I want to talk about that because um, you know, one of the things that helps me is I love quotes. I love great quotes. Hey, if you've got a great quote that's positive and motivating, you can call me anytime on Career Talk and share it because I love them. And eight <laughs> four four Wharton, That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. But one of the the quotes I love around that is that if you're not being criticized, you might not be doing much. Mm. And like, wow, mind blown. Like, yeah, yeah, because. I'm like you said, I'm putting up that facade and, and you know, kind of trying to hide behind that, that here's all the great things I've done and and all that. So I love that quote. But what are some other strategies people can use to build that, that, um, that muscle that you talked yeah, about?
2: Yeah. So one thing is to get really familiar with that inner critic voice and to recognize that it's not the same as who you are. The vast majority of people that I've ever spoken to, first of all, everyone has one. Everyone has a little inner gremlin and inner critic. I have but a big the, one, <laughs> just so you know. Like. Do, does it have a name? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't have a name, but I, um, but it's big. So one, actually, one tip, it sounds like kind of silly, but one tip I would have for you is name it. Name your little gremlin, oh, name your little name critic. Name my gremlin. Because it, it sounds like, uh, you know, well, why would I do that? And I'll tell you exactly. I, I've had so many clients who this has actually been a huge transformation for them we think most people think that that inner voice is actually them in their entirety, right? Like Mm -hmm. this is me. I think I suck. And we believe ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) And in reality, it's actually just this, this one sort of voice inside of you. And Mm -hmm. when you give it a name, you can actually start to talk to it and you can actually, we talked a lot, you've you've been talking about getting in the driver's seat of your life. I often say, so if you have this little gremlin in you that like, likes to tell you how much you suck, um, you know, put it, if it's in the driver's seat, it's almost like the the force in you that's trying to reach over and take the wheel and steer you off the road all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, give it a cookie, right? And you can actually say, Name all right, the gremlin like, and give, give it, it a cookie. A cookie. <laughs> and you can say, you know, thank you for telling me that I am not good enough to do this job. I appreciate your input. I've got it. I'm driving right now, right? Um, and of course, you know, that, that little gremlin, It, it weirdly enough, it, it actually comes from a place of love. It's trying to protect you. It's trying to keep you mm-hmm. safe. It was born the first time that you were hurt or shut down or embarrassed or you thought that you were going to be able to do something and then you fell on your face. And so that little gremlin just wants to stop you from ever having to feel that again. And the way that it does it is by acting like a total jerk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, now the only thing I can think about, Carrie, is a name for this gremlin. Like, I'm going to be thinking about this for the rest of the day you might even want to you know come up with a visualization i
2: had one client who um i haven't even seen the movie lilo and stitch but she named her gremlin stitch and uh stitch was a little character in a a film that she um, for some reason that actually helped her to feel almost like a little bit maternal and like loving toward
1: her her little. Oh, no, yeah. Critic. So so don't and, name it something you don't like. Yeah.
2: Well, fine. there's a lot of different ways. Like <laughs> trust your intuition. You know, some people like to say, "All right, take a hike." Other people like to say, "Oh,
1: like you're trying to help, but you're not good at this." So <laughs> I got it. Hey, you've if you've got a tip to get away from that gremlin, I was going to say I want to crush it, but I guess there's really no way to crush it because it won't go away. No, it'll. Um, if you send it, I, I heard a great. <laughs> Quote once, I wish I could remember who said this, is like, if you send it to the basement, it just starts lifting weights. You know? Oh, all right. All right. So we have to deal with it. Your point is we have to deal with it. Um, hey, we're taking your calls all hour on Career Talk 844 Wharton. That's 844 844- Nine four two seven eight six six. So if you're not currently changing your clothes, doing your makeup or shaving in your car <laughs> or you using the bathroom. Or, yeah, I was gonna <laughs> care, I was trying to let that go. I was trying to like forget that image. But yeah, you can, you can give us a call at eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. I think a big part of it too is creativity. So we get you mentioned very early in the show about, you know, when you get to your thirties, you've had all these experiences, so you kinda have stuff to work with. Um, but I think it takes a lifetime to really like you never run out of things to keep learning. So we were talking before the show about portfolio careers and umbrella careers and like all of these different options that really weren't available as readily, you know, decades ago. And so you don't have to go the normal path. You don't have to say, I just need to find a new job. I mean, you know, what are some of these other options people can pursue?
2: Yeah, and I think it's, it's interesting. This is one of the places where you can do a really radical shift in the way that you're thinking about yourself and what you bring to the table. If you are somebody who has, whether it's, you know, I work mostly with 30-somethings, so often I'm talking about your 20s, but you could be in your 40s or your 50s or your 60s. If you are somebody who has hopped around a lot or done a lot of different kinds of jobs, you may sometimes um, fall into the trap of thinking that you're at some sort of a deficit because you haven't built this, like, one career, and – it actually can really differentiate you because if you've had a lot of different jobs, that means that you have developed a lot of different skills. And it's pretty um, it's pretty powerful to come to the table with a lot of different skills. So, you know, in an umbrella career, right, this is a phrase I first heard from a writer named Margaret Lobenstein. And if this describes you, her book is called Renaissance, The Renaissance Soul. Um, If you're somebody who has too many interests to fit into one career, you may be what she calls a renaissance soul. And she talks about this idea of, yes, the portfolio career, which I think you actually had a recent episode Mm -hmm. on. So you should go back and listen to that if you haven't. But there's also the umbrella career. And this is a career where it might actually look like a, quote, unquote, regular job. Like if if you're someone who's everyone in your family is like, when are you just going to get a regular job? It might even look like a regular job from the outside. But when you're in it, you actually have to almost do a bunch of different jobs just to do that job. You wear a bunch of different hats or maybe you have actually like a repeated process that you do over and over again, but you're doing it in a huge diversity of ways. And this is, um, as I said, it's a good option for somebody who has kind of just like a crazy amount of experience that don't seem to actually all be the same thing. But it could also be a really great choice for somebody who tends to get bored. Mm -hmm. And you've hopped because you, you know, I I definitely have clients like this who, you you can do something for a couple of years, but if you don't see movement, you're going to start to be unhappy. You're yep. going to start to be unsatisfied. So an umbrella career could be really great for you.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, so give us an example of an umbrella career. Just Yeah, I think a great
2: example is actually like a, a, a bed and breakfast owner, right? I like I like it because it's so clear in describing the concept. So if you own a bed and breakfast, you need to be actually doing so many different things. You need to be doing interior design or cooking a accounting and marketing. You need to have people skills, right? You need to be able to actually deal with people who are unsatisfied and, you know, people who are frustrated, you need to be really good at networking, right? Because you're communicating with other parts of the community and helping people have a good experience. So you can see how and you could say the same thing for like a, a camp director or a documentary filmmaker, right? So think about all the steps that go into being an independent filmmaker, and all of the different skill sets that that calls for. So you might be listening and thinking that sounds Awful, right? Like, how, I feel exhausted just thinking about doing all of those things. And if that's you, then an umbrella career might not be for you, but some people might be listening and thinking, ooh, like, Gosh, I love the idea of being able to not get stuck, you know, mm-hmm. sitting in one position all day. And I don't just mean literally, right? But to be actually doing all kinds of different things.
1: Yeah, and I think that's why I hate the advice "follow your passion" because I think that has become synonymous with you have one passion and you need to figure it out. And it's like, wow, that's really stressful because I kind, kind of like gosh, a lot yeah. of things, people. It's really sad to see
2: how how that can impact someone who doesn't feel like they know what their passion is. Because mm-hmm. not only now, now not only are they dealing with a, a career dissatisfaction. But they feel like there's something wrong with them because they
1: don't mm-hmm. they like don't everyone have has this a passion like but me. Passion. Somebody forgot to give me my passion. Yeah, which is I love the idea of a renaissance career because it, it really gives people the permission to say, you know I am interested in a lot of things. Maybe I have skills in a lot of different things. Maybe I just want to change my mind every now and again. And I'm so thrilled that we are in a a market and an economy where that's becoming more of the norm and the, you know, thirty year career is becoming less of the norm. We're very fortunate in the United States to have that and we are out of time, Carrie. It goes by very quickly each week, but we have been so appreciative of the advice you've had to offer us. Where can listeners learn more about you? You can find my website at c a r
2: r i e s p a u l d i n g dot gcom and you can find me on Twitter at Carrie Spaulding, and uh, on all the other places, I'm either the 30-something coach or Carrie
1: Spaulding, so... Type in the 30-something coach, you'll find me. (laughs) Yep, and don't forget to let Carrie know where you found her. And hey, you know, you've given such great advice today about taking 10 minutes and, and putting together an evidence box or doing, you know, being grateful for the things that you have in your life or talking about your goals. I would love to hear from listeners on Twitter what you're going to do with that 10 minutes to make this the best year of your life. So you can tweet it at, at Dr. Don Graham. And hey, if you'd like more great advice, you can follow my blog, dawnoncareers.com. I want to thank all of our listeners today and our callers. And with those creative answers to the pre-break quiz, Michelle and Dion, you make this show so awesome. So thank you for that. And hey... You can tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern, and you can also listen to the replays. If you want to know where they're going to be, you can just follow Twitter. You've been listening to SiriusXM, Channel 111. We'll see you next time.